Have you ever lost someone you really cared about and felt alone and unsure about how to go on with your life? Maybe you wonder if God really sees you or thinks about you and cares at all about what you're going through. Psalms 139, 17 and 18 says, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Have you ever been to the beach and scooped up a handful of sand and then looked at that? Can you count those? It's impossible. And I'm only talking about what's in your hand. Look around on that same seashore and imagine being able to count every grain of sand as far as your eyes can see. That's how often God is thinking about you. Over the years, God has set up many divine appointments. Somewhere he brought me to a stranger and other times where he brought a stranger with a message directly to me. These encounters are so unbelievable at times that for many of them, I took pictures to capture the place and the people involved. The truth is, God has placed me in situations that I could have never created on my own. Many of these were extremely uncomfortable, nerve-wracking, and heart-pounding, and they had very little to do with me, my training, skills, or even a willingness to comply. Each time these divine appointments have occurred, the experience and results have humbled me. They've fueled my faith and aligned my thinking to what God sees as possible and important. His mission is to reach every person on the planet with His love, and He wants to use each of us as His messengers to do exactly that. I was preparing to go back to work after enjoying the Christmas break with my family, and I was driving to this shopping center near us called Sentara. I had a lunch appointment, and as I was driving there, I I looked at the dash in our minivan, and it seemed like anything that could go wrong was going wrong. Lights and alarms were flashing and beeping, low tire pressure due to a nail we picked up, hundreds of miles past due on an oil change, sensor errors, the list was huge. Irritated and concerned that Monday was quickly approaching when this minivan would need to perform like a champion, hauling our five kids at the time back and forth 20 miles a day to school. I picked up my phone and I called over to the dealership where we bought the car. I was hoping they could squeeze me in in that afternoon to address these issues. And surprisingly, I was told there was one slot 30 minutes after my luncheon would end. So I booked it. I arrived at the dealership and headed to the customer waiting area where several others were sitting waiting for their vehicles. I sat down, looked up at the TV where the news was playing, and tried to get comfortable in a chair that I expected to be in for quite a while. The news was depressing, so I picked up my phone and decided to do something highly spiritual. I joined an online poker tournament. Now, it was not for money. It was, it was just for fun. Most of you who are listening have played games on your phones before, and you know how easily it is to get absorbed in that because, well, you want to win. That was me in this moment. I was focused on my poker cards, and I silenced everything around me and I was not prepared at all for what was about to happen. As I focused on the game, a voice, not audible, spoke to me so loudly in my head, or maybe in my heart, that it stopped me instantly. And this voice said, pay that man's bill. I immediately looked to my right, and two chairs away sat an older gentleman that was probably in his early 70s. Yeah, not sure where that thought just came from. But I quickly turned my attention back to my phone. I brushed it off, and I just continued with my game. 
Several minutes later, the same voice, loud and clear, said the same thing. Pay that man's bill. Hearing this again really bothered me, and and this time I was afraid to look over at the man I knew the voice was speaking of. Instead, I stopped for a moment, looked straight up and ahead at the TV in front of me. As soon as my nerves calmed, I went right back to the game on my phone. A few minutes later, the voice again said, Pay that man's bill. This freaked me out so much that I couldn't take it any longer. I turned my phone off, I looked straight ahead, and I took a deep breath. What am I going to say? Hey, dude, can I pay your bill? I had all of these thoughts running wild in my head. And, and just to engage a stranger out of the blue, regardless of paying his bill, was not something I wanted to do, nor was I interested in doing that. I wanted to be left alone. I wanted to just play my game. Uh, finally, I looked to my right across those two empty chairs. I didn't know what to say. So I went with the first thing that popped into my mind. Hey, how was your Christmas? He looked over at me and caught my eyes. And then he started to cry. Now, this wasn't the type of crying where a tear or two was falling. This was weeping. Giant sobs and gasps that were almost uncontrollable. And instantly, I knew that God was doing something special, despite myself and quickly got out of my seat, and I sat next to him. I didn't say anything at all. I put my arm around him, and I held this stranger as he wept. His crying was so severe that it caused me to start to cry. Now keep in mind, we were not the only ones sitting in this waiting room. By now it was almost packed full with others waiting for their cars, and they saw what was happening. They would look over at us, and as soon as I caught their eyes, they looked away. Awkward. I know, but something divine was taking place. Through the tears, this man started to share his heart. His wife had recently passed away from a really aggressive cancer, and it was extremely painful for her and also for him and the children to see her health fail so quickly. I spent more time listening than speaking, but eventually I asked if I could pray for him. There, in that room full of strangers, I prayed for God's peace and comfort to fill his heart and that of his entire family, and I believed God was going to show himself faithful. When I finished, he quickly responded with, We're believers, and my wife loved the Lord with all her heart. I know she is in heaven with Jesus and is free of all the pain she had, and that makes me so very happy. Now, the deeper the love, the deeper the sadness, and the more intensely you grieve when you've lost someone you care about. This couple depended on each other, and they had spent their lives together, serving other people and sharing God's love wherever they went. This man was broken without the love of his life, but his pain was not wasted. Psalms 56.8 says that God keeps track of all of our sorrows. He collects all of our tears, and he holds them recording each one in his book. Our heartache in life is never in vain or without purpose. God promises that the pain, the heartache, and the mourning will end, and there is great hope for those that put their trust in the Lord. God reminds us in Psalms 34:18 that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those with a crushed spirit. His mighty hand, which laid the foundations of the world, is the same hand that wipes away our tears, gives us strength, and holds us upright.
We continued our discussion for a long time and we started sharing stories about our families. It no longer felt like I was sitting next to a stranger. He was more like a friend or a family member. This moment couldn't have been more perfect. Overwhelmed with this experience, I suddenly came to my senses and remembered that not-so-still-or-small voice that was shouting at me earlier. I gotta pay for this guy's bill. And then it hit me, again, what if he's buying a car? Overhauling an old car. My logic kicked in and fear grabbed me for a moment. My first instinct was to begin to interview the man as to why he came in today. I wanted to see if I could meet the financial task God was asking me to perform. Now, as quickly as this thought entered my mind, faith must have met my fear because I didn't ask the man why. Instead, I immediately asked if he would please excuse me, and then I got up and I went out to the hall to meet with the service manager. Now, I've known this man for eight years or so because we bought our van from this place and we always made our service appointments with him. And when I walked up to him, he quickly asked, What's up, Dan? I told him, hey, I know this is going to sound really crazy, but I need to pay that man's bill over there. He looked over my shoulder to where he saw me nod my head, and then he asked me, well, who is he? I responded with a bit of a chuckle. I don't know his name. The service manager took a step back, cocked his head to the side, and then stared at me. And he said, why would you do that? God told me to do it, and I know I have to. That was my answer. I could tell that wasn't the answer he was expecting, but he said that he would find the service manager handling his case, and he'd get me the bill. I walked back to the chair next to my new friend and continued to talk together about life, the Lord, and all the great things he has in store for us, especially this awesome eternal future in heaven forever. About 10 minutes later, I looked out in the hall and I saw both service managers walking in from the garage and their eyes were wide open. One gave me the look and quickly nodded his head for me to come over. I excused myself again and I met them in the hall. I was introduced to the service manager handling the case for my friend and in his hand was a bill. He looked in my eyes, reached out to shake my hand and then said, I don't know why you're doing this, but I think it's incredible. Because of what you are doing, the guys in the garage all wanted to chip in to help, so we found a bunch of coupons that we could apply to this guy's bill. I couldn't believe it. You know, I was shocked and overwhelmed as I walked with them over to the billing department window, and at this point, I still had no idea what my friend was at the dealership for, and I didn't care. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was a divine appointment, not only for my friend and me, but also for these other men. So at the billing department window, he just kept adding coupon after coupon after coupon after coupon. And I'm like, is this like double coupon Wednesday? What, what's going on here? It was amazing. Now, as much as I would like to say by faith, I stepped out and bought someone a brand new car that day. It ended up being a bill for repairs and an order for several parts. The car wasn't even his. It was his daughter's. He was just bringing it in for her because she was at work. I paid the bill in full. I was excited to bless this family, and I told the servicemen, don't tell him that I paid this bill. I don't want him to know it was me. They smiled and agreed. I went back and I sat down next to my friend. Several minutes later, his service manager came in, 
He caught my eye and smiled. He then began to tell this gentleman what needed to happen with his daughter's car and what the repair process would be. We said our goodbyes, and as the technician led him out to his vehicle, I didn't expect to ever see him again. To my surprise, about five minutes later, he walked back in and stood in the doorway with tears in his eyes. I got up quickly to meet him, and he grabbed me, and he gave me this big hug, and he said, You don't need to do this. I have money. I told him, It's not about the money. It was never about the money. It's all about God wanting you to know that he's thinking about you, that he's with you now, like he has always been. You are never alone. Despite how you feel or what your circumstances say, he's with you and he's for you. He looked at me and said, you have to tell me your name. I still didn't know his name at this time. When I replied, my name's Daniel, he smiled at me and he said, Daniel was my angel today. Now I've been called a lot of things before, but never have I been called an angel. Several months later, I received a card in the mail and it was from this man's daughter. I want to read it to you. It says, Daniel, what a blessing you are. We call your random act of kindness a kiss from heaven. Thanks so much for blessing me by paying for my car repairs. That was so generous and kind of you. And more importantly, thank you for praying for my dad that day in the Honda waiting room. That prayer was priceless. I told my dad that God used you to remind him that God knows where he's at and what he needs to make it through each day. Dad still chokes up when he tells people of your kindness. I love his tender heart. And I'm so thankful for your submissiveness to the Holy Spirit and obedience and courage to be led by the Spirit. You'll never know how you impacted his life and that of our family. Last week, I traded messages with this man's daughter. He passed away about a year ago. And she told me that last Tuesday, August 18th, her parents would have celebrated their 65th wedding anniversary together. They did celebrate it. And what a celebration it was as they were surrounded by angels and loved ones and God himself in paradise, in unspeakable, unfathomable glory. That's what's waiting for us. All throughout scripture, we hear about angels who would deliver a message directly from God to a person. Have you ever thought that you could be someone's angel and bring a message of hope directly from God to someone who needs to hear it? Maybe you feel like you don't have the right skills or training to do something like this. I know many people who look at pastors or ministers uh, and, and they do this stuff because it fits the role. If that's what you're thinking, you're missing out. God has put you on this planet to first experience his love and then to share it with every person he leads you to. Listen for that still small voice and act on that internal nudge from his Holy Spirit. I don't care how afraid you may be. Fear can't compete with God's purpose and his anointing and favor upon your life. Someone's life could depend on you hearing his voice and taking action. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. That's how I feel. 
so often I look at my life, I look at my abilities, I, I look in the mirror and I go unqualified. I'm afraid. I'm foolish in so many ways. Yet God steps in and takes all that I am just as I am. And he makes me more than I could ever be on my own. That's his promise for you today to give you strength and courage to step into each day with a passion and a purpose. You are never alone. His thoughts towards you are more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore. Believe his promises and let him fill you with his love, strength, and power. God may be sending you an angel with a message of hope, or he may use you as his angel to encourage a stranger with his promises. I'd love to hear from you if this podcast encouraged you today or if you need prayer for anything at all. You can reach out through email at fearlesspodcast.outlook.com or post a review of the podcast. I want to hear from you. We may not know each other, but I am praying and believing for God to show up in a powerful way in your life as you take steps to get to know who He is and to trust the promises He has for you so that you can live life fearlessly.